previously on the What's the Scuttlebutt podcast. Because of some research I'm doing for my the book I'm writing, I've got this book, this Osprey book, uh, Landing Ship Tanks, one of the new Vanguard series, and just talks about LSTs. Now, I think a lot uh, of people get LSTs and landing crafts confused. LSTs are the yeah. large, big-ass boat. Right. Because people think, well, LSTs landing ship tank. And so, in their mind, they think, well, that's, you know, the little boats because those look like tanks. No, <laughs> they were the big-ass yeah. ones. Of course, the LVTs, landing vehicle track, also known as amphibious trackers or Amtraks, mm -hmm. if you will. As if things aren't confusing enough, another landing type of craft on the deck of the LST called the LCT. It was LCT-858, landing craft tank. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the LST had like a, and I think the full combat load of amphibious tractors or LVTs <laughs> for the LST was, I think, 17 LVTs in the hold of the LST. Could you imagine being the 18-year-old and working like in the logistics area typing all this crap up yeah. trying to make sense of it? I had a roommate in college who did LSD <laughs> one time. So <laughs> The What's the Scuttlebutt podcast is available on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and wherever fine podcasts are found. You can also download the What's the Scuttlebutt podcast as well as all podcasts on the Digital 410 network at d-410.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's in Your Head podcast. For some reason, my soundboard's still loading even though I started it a long time ago, so here in about 38 seconds, I maybe, just maybe, perhaps, because this is what happens when you go live, that uh, you have issues. Oh, wow, look at that. Even my, for some reason, look, my, my green screen just faded in the background. Everything's just going crazy. Digital oh. 410 Production proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. I've never seen my green screen do that. <laughs> it's like haunted. It's like a haunted image. Wow. Whatever. Digitized live <laughs> from the Act Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida. It's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. Tell me you need to work on your imaging without telling me you need to work on your imaging. We just went first by still having Act Computers listed as the primary sponsor for the Digital 410 Media <laughs> Studios. But as always, everything's a cluster. What's going on, fella? Oh. That good, huh? Yeah. What's going on? No, not much. Just stuff. And things. Things and stuff and things. Not for the air. Yep. How are you doing? I'm How good with the life? exception of this weirdness going on behind me here. That is weird. Now it looks like <laughs> super fady. Yeah, I know. It like was... it's like like it's uh what's that what's that tone that you would uh put a filter from the, like the seventies on a photo? Yeah, it's it's almost it's like remember it's your video card crapping out? Remember in the early days when um when uh, the original thing was blue screen, yes, instead of green screen. Why did they ever change that? Because I think More one people wanted to wear blue. Yes, but I I think it actually remember how blue screen you would always have that highlight. You could always tell when something was blue screen because it, it kind of had a weird highlight to it. Yeah, they don't like you. It says a solid color in the background is required for green screen. I don't know what the hell is going on with this. Any light shining through your window? Oh, now we reversed it. <laughs> now the picture's on the background. <laughs> your hat's all what green. What the fuck is uh. going on here? Oh, hey, it's back. Hey. Anyhow. Yeah, no, I think, one, 
I think more people... Only your, your most professional podcasting happens every Tuesday <laughs> at around 6.15. Well, it's because I got two mice on my desk. I'm operating two computers. I'm a one-man fucking marching band in here, and then silly shit like that happens. So, so you're like that... Is that Dick Van Dyke or whatever? That going down the street with you got the cymbals, the drum, the horns. Mm-hmm. What cartoon was that from? Well, I mean, was that actually Mary Poppins? It could, yeah, it may have been Mary Poppins. Oh. But uh, to answer your question, I think they switched to green screen because it doesn't have the bleed over. It didn't leave that blue background, and I think probably computers have the ability to um, hide that more easily than a blue. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not a computer programmer, but that's just my hunch. So sometime this week, I'm hoping to redo the studio here, get rid of these desks, and uh, put in a new console, maybe get rid of the springy sound you hear whenever my microphone moves. That would be nice for the listening audience at home. Do I hear another or see another in the garage coming up? Slash in the house? Uh, yeah, probably. I'm I, I, These desks that I'm using in my podcast studio... Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Um, when I moved here from California and relocated, I was working for Lunar Pages. They actually gave me a computer and allowed me to work out of Dad's house, and we drove all the way from California, but I didn't have a desk. <laughs> like, whoops. And so I literally bought this desk, what's remaining of it. Now it's just two independent pieces. It used to be an L-shaped desk with a nice round corner. I bought this thing in Office Max in 2004, and this thing has been, to, I don't know, Shit. Eight different houses I've lived in. Pert near 20 years old. And the fact that the glass tops have not broken is astounding to me. And the only reason I don't have the corners is I took them off and threw them away. But I think after damn near 20 years, this this thing is going to go away. I'm going to put in one nice solid. I got a like a nine-foot desktop like bench from my tech shop I'm just going to put in here. It gives me more width. It's wider. It's longer. And then uh, now my, is it uh, same desk height or does it stand taller? It's about the same, maybe a little bit higher, but I don't think it'll affect too much. Push comes to shove, I'll build a riser for my chair. But the more important on tomorrow's episode, on next week's episode of the Watching Your Head podcast, you will see the keyboard in Don's face, <laughs> right? But uh, well, it's funny you say that because in the studio, Kilroy was here in the studio at K Rock in my production room. The desk was too low, and it was about after. Tall guy problems. I think it was about after a year or two, um, Dave and I, we found some cinder blocks out back. And we actually put cinder blocks underneath the the table to raise it up to actually get it at a normal height. So it was like right now, if I put my shoulders, I slump. Whereas I'm not sitting up straight. And so anyhow, we're going to hopefully get the studio straightened out here. But the last week's episode, we teased the case of the mistaken identity. And how I got... Blamed or in trouble, if you will, for doing something I didn't do. Now, this was this out in public in the wild, as it were, or was it around the school? Or this was in. This started in the neighborhood, but I became aware of it when I got called down off the playground before school in the morning and called down to the principal's office. Now, how old were you at this time? Well, I was in elementary school, so either fourth or fifth grade. Now, much unlike the kids nowadays, we were what you call now. Mm, this is back in the base days, right? Yes, Rickenbacker Air Force Base. By today's standards, we had been called... Actually, it was their National Guard base, but I digress. We would have been called free-range children. 
Oh, like all those TikTok videos we see about how Gen X was free-range children and apparently were really dangerous. Yeah, so we were free-range children. Um, both of our Keep parents, that in mind, millennials. Both of our parents worked full-time. You were in middle school when I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Lisa was in fifth grade when I was in second grade. And mm-hmm. so by the time I moved on to third grade, she was out of the school as well. And so I was pretty much, for the most part throughout my curriculum career i was on my own i was always at a school by myself then obviously lisa moved away and so middle school and high school i was definitely by myself but anywho Aww. so this had to have been third or fourth grade because uh lisa was gone guess at that point guess what dude what's up i was also by myself so uh lisa was gone at that point and so i as we said before, I would wake myself up in the morning, make myself some breakfast, fall asleep on the couch while watching cartoons. And then, as we've said in the past, when the closing credits for the cartoon version of Dennis the Menace came on, that was my audible wake-up time to get to school. I knew I had enough time to walk to school and play on the playground for 15 minutes before we had to go inside. Now, as I was leaving, I forget the kid's name. There was a kid, wasn't Adam, who lived across the street. But uh, there was a kid was who... Sean that lived down the street? No, that was kid was more your age. Sean lived down to the right. These, to the left, actually. If you walk out to the no, street... No, if you're facing you're... our house. Okay. These this cat lived about four or five houses down. Cause remember our neighbor had that super sensitive car alarm that would always go off with every thunderstorm or whatever, the, the black dude? So this these cats were about four or five houses down from him. And I remember one time the uh, one kid who was in my grade stole my calculator watch out of my my. Uh, so is this a house that was on the corner? Yes. Okay. I remember There's a lot of shenanigans on the across the street on the corner, not on our. Yes. Yeah. So you right. would go down in our street, cross the street because there was a uh, intersection there, and then it was on I that th- corner. Yeah, there was a. Yeah. I would almost say, Huri, teenage daughter. Okay. Don't know. Too young. All I know is we walked in one time and they were watching a porn called Pussy Inspectors. Fantastic. So I discovered one night when spending the night at his house that I found my calculator watch in his house that he had stolen hmm. on my desk. But anyhow, he had an older brother, probably sixth or seventh grade. Okay. Similar hair, color to mine. Anyhow, one morning I walked to school and I was playing on the merry-go-round on the concrete playground because that's the way we did it back in the day we didn't have mulch we didn't have recycled tires we had straight up aggregate limestone aggregate and blacktop and for those of you playing along don was never short for his age and so if you fell off said miracle round you fell on the concrete we used to do backflips out of the swings onto Mm -hmm. concrete we had the full length steel slides in the hot summer sun because after all this school was built in the 40s in the late 30s this the housing we lived in was military housing during World War II, and the, basically the school I was going to was in walking distance, which at some point was, I think, a middle school for, or for that area. Everything was complete with asbestos. Complete Most with asbestos, likely. and the newer area of the playground was complete with concrete culverts that usually are buried under people's streets <laughs> to drain mm-hmm. water, just painted red, yellow, and green. And we had the... Fancy half buried tires you would bounce off of the wood plank teeter totters, all the fantastic 1970s. Have the tether ball. We had tether ball courts. We had the monkey barred grid system. You know everything that would knock out a teeth, bust a nose, give you a black eye. All the good quality 
playgrounds. Monkey bar grid. You're not talking about the geodesic dome, are you? We had that too, but we also had like the the cage grid. You know, this would be all stuff that millennial parents would shudder to have their kids get on. Yeah, this would be but all hell, things that kids. the the local city council would now shut down as a community hazard for children. <laughs> These are the things we grew up on. Now you said you had concrete, right? Mm-hmm. So every playground I've seen out here has some spongy material under it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all plastic. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now nowadays you're considered low rent if you have mulch, because after all that might give someone a splinter. Mm. But anyhow, we had concrete. And I remember I was out there uh, playing on the red merry-go-round, which was nothing more than a big sheet of metal with some pipes on it, and on a hinge it spun around in circles. And the principal called me in to the school. I'm like, what the hell? I've been pretty low-key at my shenanigans and debauchery up to this point, so there's no reason for me to be called down to the principal's office. Did I get drafted this weekend? Oh, anyway. And so there was a neighbor at the and, and, and the principal's office looked at me, said that was him. I seen him. He did it. I seen what, dude? <laughs> oh, might I mention this was like around October, possibly November, because I had on... My fancy, newly acquired, straight out of the JCPenney catalog, as were all of our clothes at the time, a gray, a gray coat with a red liner. Gray coat, red liner, gray coat. I'm trying to remember. Not full-blown parka, but kind of the JCPenney equivalent. Not, not, it was thicker than a members only, not as classy as a members only, but it kind of had that feel to it. Just your, had a members only like leather jacket. Just a gray, fluffy... Poor man's parka. No hood. Just a great collar, red liner. I can still remember it to this day. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I saw you in my driveway looking in my car. What? Yes. Okay. Sent me back to the classroom. What the hell? I get home from school and dad and Melody are pissed off. What are you doing looking in people's cars? Uh, not me. Well, it's not what the school said. Now, keep in mind, this is back in the days when parents, rightfully so, took the word over the school over their shitty head kids. Nowadays, it's the opposite. The shithead kids get the, the trust, and the teachers are told they don't know what they're talking about. So I got sent to my room for looking into my neighbor's cars. That you did not look into. Seven in the morning. Most okay. likely, I was still laying on the couch, sleeping, waiting for Dennis Smith to finish. Remember Adam, who lived next door to us, the basketball player? No, that was Metagrove. The other, the other cat who lived down the street from us, two, three houses down to the left. If you're staring at our front door, yes, I think I'm actually friends with him. Um, is it Kevin? I don't know. Who all can remember the names of their neighbors when they're in second, third, and fourth grade? It may have been before the guy with the car moved in. You know in. what my neighbors was in second, third, and fourth grade? Empty fields. And the gay the guy stuff. who decorated his house with Christmas lights. Yeah, but that was that was a that was an eighth of a mile down the road. The next morning I wake up to the rhythmic sounds of the closing credits of Dennis De Menace. I put on my gray coat and I balance out our carport. That's right, people. We had a carport. We didn't have a garage because once again we're living in nineteen thirties housing. And said, "Did we have the boat and the brown Chevy truck?" I think I. We may even had your moped at that point. I don't remember your moped that looked like a poor man's motorcycle. 
Yeah, those, and it actually had a second moped for spare parts, too. So I bound out but the, various. the carport, and I look to my right and down at our friend's house. I see the kid's brother from down on the corner with the same color hair as mine, taller than me, with a gray coat on, looking in our neighbor's car window. Motherfucker, you getting me blamed for this shit? I went over there, grabbed him by the coat of his his gray jacket that was very similar to mine, and as Gordon said, I was not. I was always tall for my age, and so we, I may have been in fourth grade. He was in fifth. Clearly, one in six. We women going to our school. Maybe I was in third, and he was in fifth. But either way, he was a grade at least a grade, maybe grade two higher than me. I scooped him by his matching jacket, drug him, the quarter. How far was that? You drag him all the way all the way up to the school. I took his ass all the way up to the school. As a kid, that's a long walk. Yes, uh, back especially then, with one in tow. Back then, it could have been a half a mile. Could he have didn't been fight a Quarter yet? mile. What are you doing? What are you doing? I, I was I drug his ass into the principal's office, displayed him with his matching hair and matching coat, and said, "I just saw him looking at my neighbor's car window. I told you I wasn't it." Mistaken identity, all because of the similar coat and matching haircut. Okay, thanks. We'll take care of this. Now. Now snitches get stitches. What do you think? Possibly. Maybe. Perhaps. Dad and or Melody would have received a phone call from the school. Not a fucking Saying, word. hey, uh, we messed up. <laughs> Hope nope. he didn't punch your kid too bad. Because your kid drugging the neighbor kid who has the same haircut and same color coat that you must have got from the same JCPenney catalog. <laughs> no, never heard of whoops, my bad, nothing. But if I wouldn't have drug his ass to the school and he would have, con oh, and he, he would have continued looking at the neighbor's cars, I probably, you know what his excuse was when I asked him what he was doing? And I remember this to this day. And I think he told the principal the same thing. I was, Looking at the features because my mom's in a market for a new car. <laughs> is that not the lamest excuse you've ever heard? Well, it it's is a fifth grade. the grader. lamest or most brilliant. But yeah, so that was the time that I got accused now, of looking into the neighbor, breaking into the neighbor's cars, or at least, um, what's that phrase when you like watch a bank or a convenience store to prepare to rob it? At a Casing. Well, I basically got accused of casing our neighbor's cars because clearly me and the other poor kid down at the end of the street got the same jacket from the same year JC Penny catalog for now, winter were time. Were you able to tell did you tell dad, hey, I found the kid and I drug his ass down to the I believe I did, but I don't I you know, it's one of those things, you know, I'm sure Sariana when she gets older, she's gonna be able to remember every single time we've paused her Xbox and turned off her phone. But she won't be able to remember all the other times we gave her a pat on the back and said, Atta girl. Which, by the way, she's still playing with the same circle of friends in New Zealand. <laughs> These are the same ones that we saw her getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning because of that time change on a school day to get on Xbox. And we had to shut that shit down. And now we have her phone and her Xbox on a schedule where they disable at 11 o'clock and don't turn on until 9. So I'm at work today at 8.30, getting a text from Dad. He forwards me a text from T-Mobile. They said, hey, so far this month, what's the date today, Gordon? 
Today is May 3rd. So, as a courtesy to you, so far this month, you have racked up $54 in international phone calls. Now, is that the month of May or is that billing cycle the billing cycle? I know. I don't know. Let's go look. better if it was the month of May. I don't know. Let's go look. It simply says, me, 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 me. As of 5-1-2022, your T-Mobile line ending in blah, blah, blah. Sariana's phone number has reached $54 in international phone charges and call premium rated numbers for this billing cycle. Billing cycle. Yeah, so. So I I'm sent sure, her a text uh, that simply said, hey, stop calling. That thing? I sent her the screenshot and I said, hey, do me a favor. Stop calling New Zealand. You just added $54 in my fucking phone bill. And now, to be fair to her, she didn't grow up in the 80s. She don't know what long-distance calls are. She don't know what roaming fees are. She's never heard of 1-800-COLLECT or the like. As far as she knows, I can talk to a guy in New Zealand with my headset through Microsoft. Why can't I call him on the phone? So her reply was, sorry, I didn't know. Which is true. I'm sure you talk to any sixth grader. Now, the concept of international next? phone calls would not no. register or two more months of it happening, then you got yourself a problem. Well, no, this is the new this is the new guy. So I think that's fifty-four dollars worth of phone calls. Probably queued sometimes yesterday and or Monday. Because I think she just met this dude Saturday. So that's basically fifty-four dollars worth of phone calls in the last two days. Cause that came in at 8 30 this morning. So that had that going for me. So Remember the good old days when you could just call collect? I used to run the shit out of dad's phone bill, though. I'd call. I remember when I was in high school, I met somebody who lived down in Washington, D.C. on a ski trip. I called them all the time, ran his phone bill up real quick. Did you hear about it? No, no, not so much. I think between that and, you know, Melody's phone calls to Kentucky to talk to her kids, our phone call to Kentucky to talk to mom, I think they're long fist since Bill was through the roof all the time anyhow. So I don't think the, the Washington, D.C. phone calls registered that much, you know what I mean? Yep. We all know that narcissism seems to be at an all-time high, running rampant. Everybody's convinced that the world revolves around them, and the hell with everybody else. If you give a monkey a brain, he'll, he'll swear, swear that he's the center, center of the universe. universe. Somebody is way ahead of their time on their theory for that album. What was the name of the band? It's one of the your favorite things to do. No, I don't think they have a band named after that. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. Um, I can see. Oh. It's called slapping it. Um, What's that, Bebop? Uh, don't they have an African American singer? Yes. Oh, I I saw them. In, I saw a lot of clues. I've completely gone blank. Stuck. Not. Did you get a lot I was going to say Stuck Mojo, 1997. Um, they were there then too, because they were so. at ninety threes. Head PE, Fishbone. Oh, Fishbone. I'm thinking Head PE. Yeah, Fishbone, Head PE, both hard rock, African American singer. Well, Fishbone's more ska, but yeah, ska, Fishbone. That's right. Buckeye Lake, nineteen ninety three. Rage Against the Machine was the opening act. Tool was on the second stage. Primus was the closing act. Nowadays, I would be able to file suit. I was a I was sexually harassed like. 18 times a Lollapalooza. 
That was about how many times random women smacked my ass, and I was only in high school. Different times. Um, a reason I bring up this narcissism. Stop. Um, I'm seeing a trend here at the boat ramps lately. And we discussed the last time we experienced this with the guy who worked at the um, marina boat repair where I went down to go kayaking and he had his van parked at the boat ramp with his trailer in the water and he was out on the lake. Did you witness a kerfuffle or a hootenanny? Now, some people would say, well, he works for a boat mechanic. Clearly, he was just testing the engine, Don. That's a sound argument. Most people just do that with the funny little C-clamp you put on your outboard motor with the garden hose. Or you back down the boat ramp, you drop your engine, you fire that bad boy up, and you test it a little bit, and then you pull it back out and be on your way. You don't park in a public boat ramp as if it's your own private slip. And furthermore, he was there, according to the guy across the street fishing from the curb, for at least 20 minutes before I got there. And after I carried my shit down, he was there for at least another good 45 minutes before he came back and left. But whatever, it happens. Uh, another time we're at a boat ramp and two guys looked like they made what was the equivalent of a homemade pontoon boat. Didn't have the motor on it. A couple of 55-gallon barrels strapped together. Pretty much. Not not ratchet strapped. They actually used what looks like the aluminum framing you would use for your standard run-of-the-mill Florida lanai. <laughs> and some plywood brought it to the boat ramp. They were sitting there. No engine on this thing. They were just checking. Gentlemen, that's what we call a dock on the Ohio River. Pretty much. They were basically checking the buoyancy on it and filming either YouTube content and or TikTok while taking up an entire row at the boat ramp for at least 45 minutes to an hour while other people were lining up waiting to use the boat ramp. That's fine. Whatever. Oh, they got to get the what for from somebody. Well, see, that's your problem right there. You're an old, old bastard, you old bastard, you old fuck. What's wrong with you? Why would you want to treat them like they're some sort of turd, like they're shit? Uh, I'm just calling them on their shit. And if they think you're, if they think you're calling, you think you're treating them like shit. Well, maybe they are shit. Well, interestingly enough, we pulled up to a boat ramp this weekend, and there's a car uh -huh. that I've actually seen driving around Cape Coral with a sticker on it that says "locally hated." Oh boy! And there's a Nissan pickup truck. Complete with a brand new, nice, shiny aluminum jet ski trailer. Parked. Parked. I get out of my truck and I walk. I was like, I look at like, there's no one in the fucking cab. Go down. No one to be sound. Out on the lake. Two gentlemen riding one jet ski. One of them had to be the bitch. Flooring it. Not a single life preserver to be seen. Now, when it comes to a boat, kayak canoe uh to be fair you're gonna drown in a foot of water i'm getting that to be fair rewind to be fair in a kayak a boat a canoe a john boat a paddleboard a skiff or the like the law simply says you have to have a life preserver on board but when it comes to a watercraft they require you to wear it now why when the water is only a foot and a half because these jet skis get up to 60, 70 miles an hour. And as <laughs> some people can tell you, sometimes if you fall off just right, it's kind of like falling on concrete. And if you hit your head under that water or that too. And so when you fly off a jet ski, there's a higher likelihood of you temporarily 
getting knocked unconscious or having the air blown out of you because you're basically falling off at high speeds and thus maybe hindering your ability to respond in a fast manner. Basically, you have to wear a life preserver while on a jet ski. No life preserver to be found. Interestingly enough, these were quite, these guys look very similar to the young gentleman who had a single jet ski who sank their Nissan Maxima in Lake Mead, but that's another story for another time. They too didn't have life preservers on. Maybe it was the same guys. And so this boat ramp was wide enough for two trucks. It wasn't a big faux pas, but one might tell you who has experience in public boat ramps, you do not use a public boat ramp as your personal fucking slip. It's frowned upon because there could be two people waiting to get in. Well, what if you're the community's most hated? So, Carrie and I are off putting our kayaks, and here comes a guy on a fishing boat. And I looked at him, he looked at me, I looked at the trailer, I looked at him, I said, narcissist, man, they think the whole world revolves around them. He's like, yeah, I see it all the fucking time. So I tried to tell myself to keep calm, keep cool, keep collected, don't let it get to me. I said, well, let us unload our jet skis, or jet skis, let us unload <laughs> our kayaks, and we'll be out of your way post-haste. He said, no worries, I'm not in a hurry. I'm just out here having a good time. So he actually pulls the boat, dot, his bass boot up, because these are sand and dirt slips. These aren't concrete. There's no docks. These are just run-of-the-mill public slips in the water. So he, he beaches his boat, and I pull my truck up, and we see the jet skiers doing a zoom, 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 and we're mean mugging them as they're driving by. Zoom, zoom, zoom. They're about 20, 25 or 20-year-olds. I think they're Cubans, perhaps. Um, and so he and I are talking about how we've been seeing us, and I went down the whole you list of shit. You were very offensive right there, sir. No, because that comes into play here shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two gentlemen come back on their single jet ski. I wish I would have thought about this at the time. And they pull their jet ski up on the trailer. And at this point, I'm re-spooling one of my lines, talking to the guy, and he's looking at them. I'm looking at them. They're looking at us. They get their jet ski up on the trailer. They get off said jet ski. The driver makes his way up to the truck, starts to pull the trailer out of the water. And what do you think he does? What does a normal person do when they pull their trailer out of the water? Well, they uh, pull on out of the ramp and find a parking slip, or in your case, probably a, a swath of grass or sand to park on. It's funny you say that because the gentleman who had the boat said, I don't know why they do this. There's a half an acre of fucking empty field. Why can't they park it? Anyhow, yes, most people pull their boats out of the ramp. They go find an empty spot. They open their drain plugs. They secure their load. They strap things down. They get their shit out of the water, make way for the next person or the possibility of the next person. So we're standing there talking. They get in their truck. They pull their trailer out just enough so that the jet ski is no longer in the water, and they get back out of the truck. So wait, they both got in the truck, passenger and driver? Yep, got up, pulled it up. Don't know what was said inside the truck, but at some point they decided, let's go ahead and stop this motherfucker right here, get back out. And much like the assholes. Now, I understand the assholes at the grocery stores who wait when someone's sitting behind them for that parking spot. I don't. But uh, so they pulled that move. So they get out. They go tinker around the jet ski. And then they're standing by the bed of the truck. Not doing anything. Not securing a load. Not draining. They just got off of work, right? Just standing there. Loitering. And to give him credit, the guy with the boat waited a good solid five to six minutes. Then he finally looked at them and said, are you going to move that piece of shit? 
How that dare you? <laughs> what? I'm sorry, sir. If, if not, if you're going to treat us like shit, how dare you talk to us like that? If That's you pretty much your response, if you didn't huh? treat us like trash, if you would have asked us nicely, gee, gentlemen, can you please move our jet ski? I looked at him. I said, judging by that trailer, you guys are new to this. I said, you don't park. Oh, shot. They start talking over me. Carrie's yelling at them from the water. They're basically talking to us like, hey, listen, old white fucks. Uh, you guys don't talk. You're, you're clearly talking down to us because, you know, you're racist. That was basically the insinuation they gave to us because us. Knock off the bullshit. Yeah. And so I'm like, Pedro, I'm like, dude, you don't fucking park your truck. And one, you don't park. And two, and the guy's like, you guys are there forever. Oh, you, we would have happily moved if you guys would have asked us. Motherfucker, it's called common courtesy. It's called boat ramp courtesy. Now, the, the guy with the bass boat's probably pushing 70. Oh, boy. But I think he's like retired army, maybe retired marine. He had that swagger to him. And I'm sitting there. Carrie's out in the water. And I'm sitting on a bank. I'm, hands are shaking a little bit. I'm, I'm anticipating a scuffle. <laughs> a Donnybrook, as it were. And so, blah, blah, blah. And they're fighting. And and the guy the, the guy in the boat finally says, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to back my truck down. And if I hit your piece of shit, so what? To which one of the young cats said, you don't have the skill. <laughs> So to give him credit, the old man at the bass boat goes, gets his, his truck and his trailer, and he comes down and he parks at Caddy Corner, blocking both lanes in front of their truck. Gets out, starts walking to me and says, you know what? I think I'm going to go fishing for a few hours. I'll be back. <laughs> at which point these guys realize, fuck, if he does this, we're not going anywhere because now he's blocked us in. To which at point I started my TikTok live stream in case things turn into a scuffle. Why lose the content? <laughs> And furthermore, I wanted to have some video footage in case shit did start popping off. Mm-hmm. And if if you watch the... I, I posted it without any sort of description because I was going to do a story time on it later. But they're going back and forth. And finally, the old man said, look, let's just get out of here, yada, yada, yada. He goes to shake the, goes off to shake the hand. The, the young kid shakes his hand, and then the young kid starts on round two. But I'm just saying, if you were... And guys said, drop it. Let's not go back there. He, This kid just wanted to get to her, that we were in the wrong... Because we didn't say, please, sir, can you move your truck so we can go about our day? No, instead, after watching them sit there for 10 minutes, said, hey, are you going to move that piece of shit? Which, by the way, I think is the run-of-mill term that anybody in that situation would use. Just like when you get cut off by someone who doesn't have a turn signal. You want to roll up to them, roll down the window, say, hey, does that piece of shit have a turn signal? That's just what you do. And so when you're being assholes and being narcissists, using a goddamn boat ramp as your personal parking slip, and then come, pull your trailer out, get out, and sit the loiter, and intentionally not move your truck, and when you know someone's waiting to get their fucking trailer in. Don't be surprised when someone comes with you at a, hey, you're going to move that piece of shit? Because I got places to be. And when that happens, don't get all on your high horse and clutch your pearls and say, how dare you, sir, treat me like shit, like I'm scum, like I'm some sort of dog looked down upon me. Yeah, motherfucker, you've kind of established your piece of shit by the way you've been acting the whole time and taking up the goddamn boat ramp. Did our live stream just get cut off? Oh, no, for some reason, my my, uh, phone blacked out of it. That was weird. I thought maybe we got shut down for... For talking shit about kids. But yeah, it was like, are you fucking kidding me? I just, it's like, and this is, once again, as I just, this isn't the first time I've seen someone. I don't know if they think, hey, it's a sandy little boat slip. It's out here in the middle of nowhere. Who possibly? Well, one can make the argument if you used it, 
Someone else going to use it. Well, better, better yet, you, if you pull up it, to a boat ramp and it's not completely engulfed in weeds and there's ruts at the bottom where someone spin their wheels to pull their trailer out because, once again, it's just sand and mud, chances are someone else is going to be there that day to put a boat in. And I'm sure they went and they were telling their friends and their families about the the yep. white racist assholes at the yep. boat ramp. Exactly. And maybe, maybe, just maybe one of their families and friends said, well, yeah, white well, I'm we're sure they're five minutes, man. I'm sure there's a 30 year. I'm sure there's a 48, 50 year old. Maybe their T.O. said, hey, stupid. You don't do that. What the fuck are you thinking? Hopefully do someone a research when you get into something new. It's like, well, I'm, do you even need research? No, because there's common courtesy. You're at a but community. But unfortunately, we are talking about a newer, younger, more narcissistic generation who may need to be led to the water and then beat. Apparently. Apparently. I'm, I don't know. It's just to me, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? This is a public boat ramp. Carrie and I are so... It reminds me, that is like the civilian version of Russia complaining that... You know, some missiles may have flown into Russia, and and the uh, Western and American arms are giving, causing things to be not go their way. No, it's the same thing, right? It's the same psychology. Yeah, it's just it's just insane. Yeah, dude, you you started the shit. I actually caught one. I caught it on a worm because you guys know that that's pretty much all. You caught a peacock, so. Yeah, caught wow. a peacock bass on a worm. It is a full no blast, full-on shit show is what it was. Every every which way it went wrong. I would say the hotel is kind of like the fishing equivalent of a hunter's a hunter's cabin. And I slept in there because I got Mr. Snore pants one and two. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast. Check us out on Spotify and YouTube. Brought to you by Digital 410 Media. We've been talking about a lot of food lately on here on the old What's Your Head podcast. We have? Yeah, we're talking about the uh, restaurant chains with the shittiest hamburger quality. Talked about mm. um, the fast food businesses that have gone out of business and this, that, and the other thing. Yep. Let's talk french fries. Where do you fall on French fries? Guilty pleasure, or you sworn them off? I've pretty much sworn them off. However, if I had my druthers, I would prefer one certain brand's fries. Actually, there's two different fries, but we'll say a large fast food restaurant. There is one that I favor over them all. Who is it? I'm going to see if it's on this list. Five Guys, Boogers, and Flies. Okay. It's because, and, and I think it's the secret. So where, where Chick-fil-A fucks up and where In-N-Out fuck up with their freshly cut fries is they don't cook them long enough or double cook them. I've actually asked them to cook them longer at Chick-fil-A. They say, sorry, sir, we have to go by the timer. We cannot do that. Uh, I think the, the actual secret is using peanut oil. That's what they use at Five Guys, and I think it gives it a crisper fry, or they double fry it. I'm not sure. Now, from the website Taste of Home, the particular young lady who did this article is Christina Vignani, with an A, with V A double N I, including Umlauts. Vignani. 
including umlauts over the A. So take that for what it's worth. Vinlani. Vinlani. Christina Vinlani. Best fast food fries ranked. Here's her list of contenders. This is where you she see went. see if she's a hack or not. It was a tough job, but somebody had to do it. I drove all around town, tasted fast food fries that I could find. It was fascinating to discover how different and unique the options were from drive-thru to drive-thru. I sampled traditional fries, seasoned fried, crinkle-cut fries, waffle fries, and in the end, I found that one chain reigned supreme. Here are the list of the places. The one chain to rule them all. Many will enter. One will leave. Here's the list of chains. Burger King, Chick Fiddle, Culver's, Five Guys, KFC, McDonald's, Popeye's, Portillo's, and have no idea where the fuck that is. It must be California-based. Portillo's is a, no, it's actually a Chicago restaurant. Shake Shack and Wendy's. So two of these I cannot confirm or deny because I've never been to Portillo's or Shake Shack. Portillo's. Portillo's. Number 10. I don't think this is in any sort of ranking. Um, I'm looking at the goal. Um, I guess, yep. So ranking number 10 on her list, I guess this would be the worst. Score of 2 out of 11. McDonald's. Have you ever ordered McDonald's fries and thought, why don't these taste like they did when they used to? Well, if you listen to the What's Your Head podcast, you know this answer. It's not all in your head. In the 1990s, McDonald's steered away, started using vegetable oil rather than beef tallow to try to fry their Which fries. Is actually even worse for your health, by the way. And they don't go into this article, but the reason they switched to vegetable oil from beef tallow is because they were sued by a Hindu. Hindu? Mm. Well, he was an Indian, dots not feathers. Wait a second. Hold on, hold on. Sued by a Hindu. The cow is sacred and holy, but yet you're at a burger joint. But he was at a burger joint, but Gordon, he was only ordering French fries. He didn't order that awful waffle burger. Now, you would say, well, if the cow is sacred, why would you even step foot in there? For the same reason that Burger King thinks vegetarians are going to stop in their place to get a fucking incredible burger. I agree with you. However, that's why they changed from beef tallow, because vegetarians and people who held cows in secret honor were under the assumption that they could order French fries and not be consuming any beef products. They were wrong, and now they're right, because now it's vegetable oil, which is worse for you. Since then, and it doesn't taste nearly as fucking good as Miss Christina pointed out with eleven, a two out of eleven score. Where were we? Oh yeah. Since then, the most devoted customers have been able to tell the difference. Back in the day, Julia Child even admitted that McDonald's French fries was a guilty pleasure. But in 2022, I found the fries thin, pale, and not even crispy. However, I know that timing is everything when it comes to the fries. Many people claim. The experience is like night and day. If you're lucky enough to get a fresh batch of fries straight out of the fryer, I will admit that, but you got to order them unsalted. It's you either got to show up at the right at the tail end of a rush where they're still dropping fries, thinking more people are coming, or at the beginning of lunchtime when they're anticipating the rush. But it's so few and far between that it's just not worth the hassle, which is why. Whenever I go to a fast food restaurant, until recently, because I've fallen off the wagon, I would remind myself, Don. Don't order fries, don't get soda, because one, as we've said before, all fountain drinks don't taste like the drink you think they taste like. For a perfect example, Mountain Dew from Taco Bell doesn't taste like Mountain Dew, but they all taste the same. Weird, I know. 
And so I would tell myself that I would always be disappointed with the fries. And so that's how I was able to not order them for the longest time. Number nine, Gordon. Number nine. Ranking three out of 11, which you are not going to agree with at all. This one came to a surprise at young Christina. After all, Five Guys puts a serious emphasis on the fries at the restaurants. The beauty of his face. Here's the secret to ingredients to the Five Guys. The first thing you see when you walk into the store is a pile of potatoes and bags and boxes of peanut oil. While my order came out fresh, straight from the fryer, the fries were quite greasy. I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate the fresh cut potato taste, but I felt that the fries lacked crispiness. In addition... Five Guys had the most expensive fries I tested. Well, that's because you get an entire fucking basket. <laughs> you order a small, they take the one sixteenth inch pan and they put it in there, and then they, they dump, dump the rest a, of the like an basket. extra large on top of it. They do. They will dump. If you order a small, they dump half the basket in now, there. The trick to Five Guys fries is you've gotta have it with malt vinegar, and you gotta order the the, the special seasoning on it. I don't get it with the special seasoning. Because here, here's how we when we would go. So, you know, you'd look at me and think that that guy probably orders a big burger. But no, I would order the little bacon cheeseburger. It's as big as I'd go. She'd order her little cheeseburger. And then we would split one small fry. Last weekend, Carrie and I were out doing TikTok. Still 25 bucks. Last weekend, <laughs> Carrie was, oh, I got that beat. Hold on. Last weekend, Carrie and I were out fishing for four or five hours. Fueled only by nothing but a peanut butter sandwich and a tall boy beer, I found myself quite hungry. A little peckish, were you? And I thought, you know what would be good content for a YouTube video, seeing how I'm out here recording all this? There is an empty lot in front of me. I wonder if, I went on Google Maps, found the address for said empty lot, if I could put in an Uber Eats order and have a young aspiring Uber Eats driver be willing to get out of their car, walk across that empty field, and hand deliver my food to the edge of this lake. Once again, this would be fun. I'm doing a TikTok live. I could use YouTube content because ain't Connie and Fish worth fucking posting videos in fucking three weeks. Henceforth, why there's no videos up. So I did that. I got on Google Maps, found the address, went on Uber Eats, said, hmm, Carrie, are you hungry? She said, no, I can wait. I said, fine, I'll do it myself. So what do I want to eat? What would be fun to have delivered in a YouTube content? What would be enjoyable and worth a witty laugh while fishing from a single-person kayak in the middle of a foot-and-a-half-deep lake with alligators and gar and fish and everything else? I want Five Guys. After all, Five Guys is fucking good. So I went on Uber Eats, went to Five Guys, ordered one double hamburger, one soda. Now, is that a full-size hamburger or is it the little burger? The double. Oh, see, I've never had their big burger. No fries, because after all, there's not going to be enough room. I don't want greasy fingers. No fries. Just a burger, a drink, and the Uber Eats delivery fee. That's so, probably like six bucks right I there. I put in the special notes, out kayaking in the lake in front of this empty lot. Please come to the shoreline, and I'll get my food. Went to order. Went to PayPal. Looked at the subtotal. Now, there's no guarantee that I'm going to get an Uber driver willing to get off his ass, walk through a empty lot that could be potentially full of fire ants and other fun things. Which would or require, you may find the adventuresome type. Would require a tip. And I haven't got my first paycheck yet. <laughs> get to the subtotal. I'm pondering, okay, if somebody's going to do this, I'm going to have to give them at least a good 5 6 $7 tip. 
You know how much it was going to cost to have one cheeseburger and one bottle of soda delivered to me? $32.50. $29.99. That's close. I thought to myself, you know what? If this was a $10 or $15 order, that may be worth the refusal of delivery and the hassle of getting my money Baby, back. Baby, you sure you don't want something? <laughs> at, at $29, I'll wait and try this another day. So I canceled that because I wasn't willing to pay $29 for a fucking hamburger. But would you have paid that from your Euro place? Possibly. Number eight on the list, which I wholeheartedly agree with. I love this place, and I actually told Gordon, I don't know why McDonald's exists when there's Culver's in the world, but there is a caveat. Number eight, Culver's got a four out of 11. Culver, and, and of course, we don't know what her ranking scale is. That's never part of the equation. The editorial board said there's not enough room on our page. It takes away from our ads. So... Number eight, Culver's. Culver's offers crinkled cut fries with the option to, quote, for fry sauce, which is a tangy mayo ketchup. Now, I offer that you cannot use a condiment because this isn't a condiment testing skill. This is who has the best french fry, correct? Yeah. See, my problem is if you go to Culver's, why would you even get the fries when you can just get the cheese curds? Stop right there. I feel these fries are good. But if I'm stopping by those this Wisconsin-based fast food joint, I'd be more likely to order the side of the iconic cheese curds instead of the french fries. Bottom line, while these fries were tasty, they weren't enough to, for a standout of a high rank on this list. Now, I find crinkle fries, or as we more lovingly called them, shoestring fries, because they look like the fat shoestrings, I don't like them. You sure you don't got that backwards? Anyhow, I don't like them. I am not a fan of those fries. I okay. I am in the cheese curds alley. Now, not very far off of that is number seven on the list at a five out of eleven, which would be the distance cousin to the crinkle fry, the Chick Fil A French fry, the waffle fry. Chick Fil A was the only restaurant on this list to offer a waffle cut fry. If you it's prefer the size Charles, and texture, Charles Junior or Hardee's. If you prefer the size and texture of a waffle fry, then this might be your favorite on the list. Plus, waffle fries are ideal vessels for sauce, and Chick-fil-A sauce is famous for its widely varied dipping sauces. She gave it a 5 out of 11. I will say if it comes down between a Culver's crinkle fry and a Chick-fil-A waffle fry, I will happily eat the waffle fries. Ketchup they're fucking free. soggy and soft. They are soggy, but they're so damn salty and it's good. Just throw enough salt on it, it'll be good. Yep. I was disappointed the day Chick-fil-A got rid of their uh, coleslaw. Actually, if we go to Chick-fil-A, uh-huh. say the fries will just opt for the mac and cheese. Yeah, but they got that clumpy crap that looks like you get. Oh, that's the awesome stuff, man. Number six on the list, six out of 11, Popeyes. I would agree with this. I like Popeyes fries. Popeyes have a good fry. Popeyes offers fries that are toasted in a bold Cajun seasoning. I really enjoyed the flavor of these fries, but they are quite different from traditional fries. That's because of Louisiana. Simply seasoned with salt. The portion size in my to-go bag was quite large. So there was definitely a bang for your buck. Bottom line, if you like spicy fries, these are delicious. But for people who prefer the classic fries, another option on the list will be more satisfying. I would put Popeyes out of the ones that she's done so far. Well, I guess in that order, she has put them at the top. Um, I would bump number five because I've never been to Shake Shack. But these are once again your crinkle fries. She gave them, for some reason, a 7 out of 11, where she gave the Culver's a 4 out of 11. Let's see why. 
Shake Shack offers deep crinkled cut fries with a great texture. I like these as they are served in a box, not a bag. This helps keep the fries neat while traveling. It also, it also offers a place to put some ketchup for dipping. Or mayonnaise, if you're like me. While I enjoy these fries, when I'm ordering at Steak Shack or Shake Shack, there is definitely going to be a shake in my future. I might choose to save my budget for that instead of including the side of fries. But then what would you dip in your milkshake? Next on the list, the number four, eight out of 11 is KFC. I was surprised that KFC even offered french fries when I have Cray Bucket with fries and chicken. I want a side like mashed potatoes and or a biscuit. But that being said, the battered and seasoned fries were delicious. Yes, they are. I had some today. I love the texture. That is way better. I'm um, sorry. I love the texture that the batter added to these crispy fries. The seasoning is said to be. So they actually batter their fries. The, the seasoning is said to be made up of the same elaborate secret herbs and spices that they use in their chicken. So, yes, their fries. You've never had a KFC french fry? They're scrum umptious. I say try that with their supreme spicy chicken sandwich. Number 11, I'm sorry, number three on the list is 9 out of 11 is the Portillo's hot dog joint. Chicago-based restaurant group offered the best crinkle-cut fries. See, I'm not a fan, so I wouldn't like them. They were perfect. They were perfectly crisp and fresh-tasting. Potatoes or potatoes. For the full experience, order these delicious fries with your Chicago-style dog. Number, number two, I do not agree with at all. Fucking Burger King. Do you remember when Burger King changed their fries? You know what? I've only eaten onion rings from there for decades, so I wouldn't even, I couldn't even tell. In the fast food battle between McDonald's and Burger King, there is no doubt who reigns supreme when it comes to the French fries. The Burger King fries were superior in all levels. They were a thicker cut, lightly browned, and perfectly crisp. If you have a taste for good old fashioned French fry, Burger King won't let you down. I say no, and I definitely don't agree with their first one. Wendy's fucked up their fries five years ago and they changed them. They changed them again recently. Wendy's, the honor, the honor of the best overall French fries is Wendy's. No, the, out allegedly of this now list. they say if it isn't the best fry you have, they'll give it to you for free. And they're not. And no, this not that they'll give it to you for free. They'll give you another batch that's fr- oh. fresh. I would say on this list, I'd put KFC and Popeyes at number one and number two. I definitely so, don't agree with the Wendy's nonsense. My true favorite, mm-hmm. and you may have experienced this before. Uh, I can't put it in that group because it's not a fast food, but there are. Two Greek restaurants out here who sell gyros and they have their gyro fry, feta fries. Hmm. So you get the, the 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 French fries with a, a little bit of a, a Greek type seasoning and melted feta cheese on top. Oh. My That's overall cool. favorite would be from Checkers, aka Rallies, and or Daddios back in the day in Grove City, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Gordon, did you ever know that a man's taint? Or perennium, if you would, could get so infected that if it went untreated, it could cause one to lose his bait and tackle, if you will. You're talking about the area between the balls and the asshole? Yeah, the perineum or perineum or taint, if you're a Beavis and Butthead fan. I taint know that. Well, this happened to a British man a few years back. And finally, things have gotten better. The British man whose penis fell off due to severe blood infection had a new one built on his arm where he got an extra two inches, according to his report. So for those of you playing the home game, I'm guessing he got a boil, a cyst, an ingrown hair, or possibly a zit on his taint, to which he probably poked, prodded, and popped like all men do with keys, needle-nose pliers, or a dirty old safety pin. But, of course, I'm sure he cleaned it first with a lighter, as we all do. (laughs) And at some point... 
his taint, well, got a blood infection, re resulting in uh, his bait and tackle falling off. Malcolm McDonald, 45, a mechanic, suffered from a hor horrible infection of his perineum that turned his fingers, toes, and manhood black. Quote, his name I, is Malcolm? Yeah, he's from across mm -hmm. the pond. Okay, so now he's Mary. Okay. I had struggled for years with the infection in my perineum. I thought they, across the pond, were the shiny beacon of healthcare for all. Have you seen their teeth? I didn't say they get free dental work, but according to those people who want to always cast their flashlight and a magnifying glass across the pond and explain why everything's so horrible here with our policy and way of living, they always point to them as a shiny beacon when it comes to free health care for all. It goes back to my big bitch about when people identify things and, and, and they use examples, they only look one thing and they don't look at the whole picture and all the different facets like a diamond. So my question is, a 45-year-old mechanic, Malcolm McDonald, had free insurance. Was he just too embarrassed to go to the doctor with an inflamed perineum? But anyhow, he suffered from this infection in his perineum, as we He's said. He's embarrassed. I struggled with this for this infection for years, but I had no idea what could happen. Just like the world's worst boil, man. How do you not sit down? I mean, you're a mechanic. Anyhow. Apparently, it didn't prevent him from using his creeper. Jesus Christ, what's his fucking problem? He acts like there's a pain in his perineum. <laughs> I'd struggled for years with the infection of my perineum, but I didn't have any idea what could happen. The separated dad of two from Thessaverd, Norfolk, told the outlet, when I saw my penis go black, <laughs> I was beside myself. Oh, dear. Apparently, your penis is beside you, too. <laughs> yeah, right. I, it was like a horror film. Jesus Christ, I'm a leper. I was in complete panic. I knew down deep inside it was gone, and I was going to lose it. He said that he was completely gutted, Gordon, when his penis just dropped off to the floor. Now, Holy fucking detachable penis, King Missile. <laughs> one may ask you why, if your fingers, toes, and penis even changed a third of the shade of what it used to be. Why Much you less separate from the body. <laughs> why you wouldn't go to the doctor, but to allow it to get to the point where it just up and fell off. <laughs> it done R-U-N-O-F-T'd. It run off. Why, once again, you haven't gone to the hospital. So I just picked it up and put it in the bin, he said. For those of you playing the American home game, a bin is the trash can. He fucking threw his dork away? Yes. When I went to the hospital... What about the scrote? Did it go with it? Or has he just had the balls hanging? When I went to the hospital and they said they'd do the best they could do for me... I What's a female name you'd like to go by? <laughs> I went to the hospital and they said the best they could do for me was to roll the remaining stump up like a little sausage roll. It was heartbreaking. Old fucking stumpy McDonald over here. Old McDonald said he became a recluse and began drinking heavily. Well, no shit. Your dick fell off. Again, why wait so long? I think he was embarrassed. Now, he didn't want to go. After one's Have you met those dudes that like it? It's like anything, especially, you know, uh, older men who, you know, at 50 are supposed to get, you know, a camera up your rectum. Now, they don't want to go. When one's penis falls off and you urinate, does it? 
kind of spritz like the squirt bottle when you turn the nozzle to the left. It just goes all over the place. Kind of like a female pee the, is? The wide sp- no, the wide, Everywhere? The wide mist. <laughs> yeah, all the rifling's gone. For two years after losing my penis, I felt like I was a shadow of a man. Okay, my life yeah. really fell apart because I had no well, self-confidence. Yeah, sort of did. I drank too much and pissed my pants frequently. I know I added that last part. I didn't see my family or my friends. I just didn't want to have to face up to it, he said. So he turned recluse and nobody knew why. Guess not. But then he found out from the doctor. Oh, now he goes to the doctor after his penis is done falling off and he's throwing it in the goddamn recycle bin. Yeah, maybe he can um, <sighs> what do you put? When do you put your penis in a compost pile? Wouldn't that be the responsible thing to do? But anyhow, he threw it in the bin. Just assuming he composts. Comp- compost. But then he found out from his doctor about the so-called... I'm sorry. He found out from his doctor about the so-called penis master, Professor David Routh of London's University College Hospital. The phallus expert famously created a bionic penis for Andrew He's Wardley. A dick over here. Who yeah. was born without one, according to the sun. It gave me a glimmer of hope that I could go back to being a normal bloke. Oh, I see what he did there. He's a poet and he doesn't fucking know it. He's a penisly, penisless poet. Ralph said that he could just perform an arm graft procedure that would take up to two years. Can I stop you right there? <laughs> Please. I keep wondering, because you always hear about donors. Mm-hmm. You think there would be a dork donors out there also. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could take a vajayjay and transform it into something, couldn't you also? But would you really want a penis of another man? <laughs> and there's always the possibility of it not taking and going through it falling off twice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although it doesn't sound like, I mean, he, was a, he had a little bit of PTSD from it, but it sounded like it took a minute. It took it till it fell off. Fortunately, he received funding for the procedure because it would this be... This guy don't sound too bright. <laughs> he doesn't look too bright either. He kind of looks like Dave. Um, fortunately, oh, he received funding for the procedure because it would be... I'm sorry. It would eventually allow him to urinate properly. See, I told you that it spritzes out like a spray bottle. Not just performed sexually, according to the report. So basically, he got funding through the government because this would help his urinary... Um, evacuation procedure and not piss all over the walls when he's out in public. <laughs> Do you piss all over the walls because your dick fell off one day? Mm-hmm. Do you miss the loving embrace of a female? Poor male. Uh, do you feel like less of a man? Well, please come on down to Penis R Us. Yes, Martin, he did. We're getting into that part of the story. Um, <laughs> as far as I was concerned, they were miracle. I'm oh, sorry, I skipped a, a line. <laughs> Great, better than it was all of my Christmases at once. I was so emotional because it was my chance to have a new start, he said. I wasn't worried about the procedure because I had seen what Professor Ralph, because that's what I want in my doctor's name, and his team could do. <laughs> King Ralph. It's like Dr. Nick. Hey, everybody. Mm-hmm. As far as I was concerned, they're miracle workers, and I was up for anything at this point. That could give me a chance. You weren't up for anything. Come to have on, my man. willy back. Not having a penis felt awful. It's most men's worth fear. For me, 
I was never worried about sex because I hadn't been laid in 38 years. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't part of the sentence. Because I already had two children. And I was always, it was always more about self-confidence and the simple things like using it too, i.e. peeing without soaking the curtains. There's yeah. somebody not taking a shower at the gym. Now, McDonald being a pragmatic man and a man of foresight and always being down for the long view, he thought to himself... Foresight or foreskin? He thought to himself, hey, why not? McDonald also decided to request an extra two inches on that $65,000 appendage. Oh, Why stop yeah. at two? Give me nine. So now he asked for two. We know the standard is what? Six and a half, seven. So you think he won't ask for a two six. over the side, the standard? Or do you think he like, maybe they're going to give him four and a half and he asked for six. They were happy to listen to what I wanted <laughs> it to look like, which was amazing. Not many can say they have the option to have a designer penis. Dude's gallery is just full of cocks in his phones. Okay, so this is the one I wanted to look mm -hmm. like. Not like this one. Mm -hmm. This one bends to the left. This one right here. Yep. What's wrong with you, man? Surgeons formed his new manhood with his own blood vessels and nerves. Using a skin flap on his arm of the right-handed man, they crafted a urethra and installed two tubes inflated with a hand pump, much like your friend from Hustler Magazine that you met one time on the job. Oh, iron sides. The shaft was removed from his forearm. I'm sorry, the shaft, well, it seems like they skipped, but they didn't. So, yeah, he would pump it up with the old Reebok pump. Imagine if he was a guy that had a fat head and had a couple of rolls and they could grow it up there and then he could truly be a dickhead. Oh, okay. The shaft was uh, removed. That yeah, was a horrible joke. The shaft, anyway. the shaft was removed from his forearm, leaving the base, allowing it to form naturally as skin and tissues. I'm sorry, as the skin and tissue. He is now waiting for it to hit the final transfer stage. So now this guy's walking around with a uh, penis growing on his forearm. And, of course, because, you know, the New York Post is all about high quality. They they so gracefully tiled out the penis on his arm in this picture. <laughs> um, let's see. When I saw it on my arm for the first time, I was so, so proud. After everything I had been through, I didn't feel weird at all. And just recently, after Dude, waiting... you have a dick growing out of your arm. Arm. I'm happy to announce that just recently, after waiting through COVID and some other Oh, man. Imagine obstacles. being this guy. He's going to get this thing fucking transplanted in goddamn COVID. Here. Yes. After some obstacles, some health issues, and finally two years of COVID, he did successfully have said package removed from his forearm and placed promptly and proudly back to where it belongs, down in another region at the end of his happy trail. And... If this was the late 90s or early 2000s, every porn studio would be leaping at the door to get him to appear on their catalog, much like they did with Joey Botafuco and What's-His-Dick and John Wayne Bobbitt. But, yeah. So that is the story of the man with the penis Holy next to his hand. Oh, it could have been longer, but I cut this story short. Are you ready for the news? Absolutely. Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? 
Doing all right, as we established earlier. grades. However. so bright. He had to wear shades. What is one of the things they're talking about looking out for with the receding water lines in Southwest Florida? I don't know. I don't watch the local news. Oh, dead bodies. Well, there you go. Dead bodies everywhere. Well, that's not a big secret. The Lake Mead is draining quick. The well is running dry because the damn California. If they just quit using our water. Anyway. Isn't it amazing that a state that's entire coast is next to water has to get their water from a landlocked desert state and, because and they, they don't want to build water defor whatever that word is, plants? Desalinization plants. Ramos, os Ramos osmosis. But yeah. Tampa. That's crazy. Um, so, uh, yeah. They took oh, our Jesus water. Christ. I'm being interrupted here. Ugh. All right. Well, that was crazy. Your wall opened up. And I was handed a pussy. Um, well, same thing's happening out here. And anybody who's ever noticed the history of Las Vegas and movies like Casino and whatnot. Over the weekend, we had something interesting. A body in a barrel has been discovered at Lake Mead. Better than eight heads in a duffel bag. <laughs> Is likely a gunshot murder victim from decades ago. 1983, if I think According I heard police, correctly. This has actually made national news, by the way. Mm -hmm. CNN. Bury the needle. Please back As away from water uh, levels continue to drop in Lake Mead, which is the country's largest reservoir besieged by drought, it unveiled yet another disturbing discovery over the weekend. According to police, a body in a barrel. According to the release, the investigation now underway, all detectives believe the victim was killed sometime between the mid-70s to early 80s. This is based on the clothing and footwear the victim was found with. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, maybe they found a Hoffa. No, um. It's funny you said that because I actually watched the documentary of where they believe Hoffa is at, but anyhow. Investigators are working to confirm the identity of the victim which will be released by Clark County's coroner office. So there are approximately 25 million people in Arizona, Nevada, California, Mexico that rely on Lake Mead, or Mead water, us being 2% of that water, by the way. You've been drinking dead body water. Everybody drinks dead body water. Jesus. But how they eluded the security and alarm system is still a mystery. But what we at Channel 7 are wondering, what kind of sick fuck would steal four dead bodies anyway? Details at 11. Go ahead so, with your story. As we know, the lake has, has drained dramatically over the last 15 years. Spencer said previously noting it was like we, uh, will f it's likely we will find additional bodies that have been dumped into Lake Mead as the water level continues to drop. The barrel was likely dropped hundreds of yards offshore back then, according to Spencer, but now the area is considered shoreline. As of Monday, the lake, lake's water level was around 1,054 feet above sea level, which is about 160 feet below its 2,000 level. When it was considered full, the lowest level of the record, uh, this is the lowest level on record for the reservoir since it was filled in the 1930s. 
So, yeah, we got that going on. Remember something's wrong with my brain. Insane. Second I was born, doctor threw me against the wall. Kicked open the doors and he went me down the hall. I'm sliding uh, and I'm going to sit like a hockey puck. And my mother's like, what the fuck? God. You know how people get breeds of dogs because the breeds allegedly have a certain personality? Sure, like little bebops over here. Well, according to a study, your dog's personality may have little to do with its breed. What? No. Actually, I, buy I, I do buy that because I've had a rat terrier, a beagle, and a Boston terrier. Yes, terrier, terrier, but the beagle is far from a terrier, and they all had very similar personalities, and it has to do with environment and the interaction with the owner and the dog. Well, in from the AP... Research confirms what dog lovers know. Every pup is truly an individual. Many of the popular stereotypes about the behavior of golden retrievers, poodles, or schnauzers, for example, aren't supported by science. Science! According to a new study. I'm sure there'll be another study that will put this one on its head. There's a huge amount of behavioral variations in every breed. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, every dog is really an individual. Mm -hmm. Says study co-author and University of Massachusetts geneticist Eleanor Carlson. She said pet owners love to talk about their dog's personality as illustrated by some owners at a New York dog park. Mm. Boy, you, you learned your lesson the hard way when it comes to dog parks. (sighs) <sighs> yeah, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Kelly, thank God I got insurance that actually paid 80%. Elizabeth Kelly said her English Springer Spaniel was friendly, Aww. but she's also kind of a queen bee. Uh, you know, Oliver's a king, a, a cavalier King Charles Spaniel, and he's definitely a king bee. Uh, Susie Ortiz described her yellow lab as really calm, lazy, and shy. And Rachel Kim's mixed breed dog is a lot of different dogs personality-wise. It's <laughs> fucking, fucking, fucking bipolar. That dog damn crazy, Sch- I tell you. Goddamn schizo dog over there. Super independent, really affectionate with me and my husband, but pretty pretty suspicious of other people's and dogs. Oh, that one's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with that kind of... you. Th- Enthusiasm from pet owners inspired Carlson's latest scientific inquiry. She wanted to know to what extent are behavioral patterns inherited and how much the dog breeds associated with distinctive and predictable behaviors. The answer is while physical traits such as greyhounds, long legs, or Dalmatian spots are clearly inherited, breed is not a strong predictor of any individual dog's personality. No, because you could take a Boston Terrier buy it, it chain asshole. it to a chain, leave it out in your back or yard all neglected, mm-hmm. and it's going to get temperamental, depressed, and mean. You can take same Boston Terrier like this, allow it to sleep in your bed, have access to do whatever the hell it wants, never get yelled at, and you get yourself a pudgy, fat, spoiled little dog like Bebop, who never does wrong. Bebop, Don just called you fat. Yeah, I know. I've been getting yelled at for body shaming her, but she needs to lose like three pounds. I wish I could only use needed three pounds to lose. Yeah, but... Proportionally, <laughs> that would be like 30 pounds. All right, is she an oval? Well, see, Bebops are supposed to get skinny in the back. Yeah. And she's borderline on sausage link. <laughs> so, Aww. yeah. But, uh, well, we found out it wasn't, well, two things. 
one, when we got her, we gave her two scoops in the morning and two scoops at night. See that? No, shit. She's getting more food. She yeah. heard. And so we, she even heard ha- scoops. we even have Alexa say at 530, here's your reminder, give two scoops to the beatbox. Uh, actually, looking at you again. Well, when we took her to the vet after a while, they said she's a little fat. What's going on? I said, I don't know. She only gets two. And then we found out that Seriano's giving her a scoop Well, did they school. say she's a little fat or she's round and not? They said she's... She needs to lose weight in the back. <laughs> She's oh. round. So she said she was oval. <laughs> and so we found out that Seriano's giving her an extra scoop before going to school. So we put an end to that. Now, Bebop's being Bebop's, who learned how to survive from her older brother, the Beagle. She was taught in an early age, hey, see those cages in the corner? You still had the Beagle when you got her? Yep. Tucker lived for four or five months. And I just found a video on my Facebook page when we have a young Bebop and a Tucker in the car getting Bebop's first pup cup. Almost brought a tear to my eye. But anyhow, Tucker said, hey, uh, see those little fruity things on the floor below the bird cages? They're kind of like Fruit Loops. She was eat. She eats the high-protein, high-calorie science diet that we give the birds. We don't give the birds bird seed. They get pellet. It's what gives them. It's their healthy diet. And so basically she was gaining weight off eating the bird food off the floor because it's so, so packed. she's hoovering up the bird food yep which is good because it's clean but too it, it packs on the weight because it's it's intended for give them their complete nutritional requirements that bird seed doesn't but yeah back to the news well coming out of jerusalem americans bring a souvenir artillery shell to israel airport fuck yeah you do <laughs> why wouldn't you a bomb scare set off scenes of panic at Israel's airport after an American family showed up with an unexploded artillery shell <laughs> they had found in the Golan Heights and intended to bring back as a souvenir. And somebody who collects militaria, someone who hangs out with... Are they from Florida? Someone who hangs out retired EOD specialist. Let me just say that when it comes to your artillery... If it doesn't have a hole drilled into it at some point on the body of said artillery, you may have a hole drilled through you. Don't leave it. Don't just leave it be. Yep. <laughs> well, even if you walk the uh, in the summertime in spring, you start walking Lee Canyon or local hill. Yes, we do AC work up there. They do have the signs up just like a big sky with pictures. If you see this, do not touch contact immediately. It will explode on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they like to still use old howitzers for that. Uh, video circulating online showed passengers ducking for cover, duck for cover, running and screaming at the departure hall of hey. Ben Gurion International Airport on Thursday. The airport authority said security officers sounded an alert when they discovered that the unexploded shell. At least one person was injured after trying to run on a conveyor belt. You don't do that. Don't do that. We learned that really, real quick. Although I was playing on a conveyor belt, a lot at RPS trying to clear those jams. Um, normal operation resumed after the shell was safely removed a short time later. The family was released after questioning. Dude, what are you thinking? I mean, what other questions you got? Uh, Israel captured the Golan Heights from Syria in the 1967 war. And the area saw heavy fighting during the war and another Arab-Israeli war six years later. 
Areas are known to be contain unexploded munitions are clearly marked and fenced off. Somebody went over the fence. Israel annexed the strategic plateau in 1981, and today it is a major tourist draw with wineries. Oh, late on that one. I had to search for it. Popular hiking spots and a small ski resort with a short season. Prime Minister Natafi Bennett announced plans to boost Israeli settlements in the territory back in December. You may want to go through and check for more shells. Mm -hmm. The Trump administration broke with decades of American policy to recognize Israel's oh, claim so to Oh, so at golden. the end of the day, it's Trump's fault. <laughs> yeah, making the United States the only country to do so. And we will leave it there. You like to run. Yeah, I do. No, I don't, but I like the feeling I get after I run. 102 marathons in 102 days. Is this the chick with one leg? You got it. I follow MPT. her on Instagram. I've been following her for like three years. This chick had her legs and then lost one, and she's been a runner. And so for 2021 or 2022, well, not 21 and 22 because it's been 100 days already, she has literally ran 23.4 miles every single day on one and a half legs. Continue. Well, on Thursday, the amputee athlete achieved her goal of running 102 marathons in as many days, setting an unofficial women's world record. And she can't stop and won't stop, saying she'll run two more for good measure and wrap up her challenge on Saturday with 104. I can't believe that the manufacturer of her prosthetic leg isn't sponsoring her. One, no, one of her posts last... They probably are. Not yet, because last week her post was her husband had to bring her her less sporty leg, because she had like one of those Blade Runner mm -hmm. legs, while the super glue dried to rehear the rubber pad at the quote-unquote foot area. So mm -hmm. she had to run on her, her uh, kick-me-down leg while her high-end leg repaired from overuse. And she said, and this was this last Saturday, I might as well end April with a marathon, she told the Associated Press. Britain-based Guinness World Records did not immediately respond to an email requesting the comment. It can take up to a year for the organization to ratify a world record. Guinness, Unless you pay to fly them out, pay the room, board, and have them spectate the entire thing. Guinness lists the men's record for consecutive daily marathons as 59, set in 2019 by Enzo Caparossa of Italy. She says, I am just happy I made it. I can't believe it. The best thing was the incredible support I received from people around the world who've reached out telling me how inspiring they are, and it has inspired them to push themselves. And she furthered that up with, my only regret is two years ago before the pandemic, a young man from a podcast called the Fail to Fail podcast reached out to me, and I agreed to do a show, but unfortunately the pandemic came along and we couldn't make it happen. That is my only regret in life, she said. Um, <laughs> fuck. I did reach out. Oh, I'm sure you did. I'm sorry. Before this whole thing. Like, do you know how her... her so I don't know how she lost also, her foot. It's her age. Well, yeah, she's in her Hunt 40s. Bor yeah. Borsma is 46, mm -hmm. and she began her quest January 17th, covering the classic 26.2-mile marathon distance 
on a loop course laid out near her home in Gilbert, Arizona. So she's just south of us. Mm-hmm. We're on a treadmill indoor. Since then, it's been rinse and repeat every day for the South African native. God, it's a lot of left fucking calories. Leg, lost her left leg below the knee to a rare cancer. Yep. And runs on a carbon fiber prosthesis. Her original goal was to run 100 marathons in 100 days. So she'd beat the record of 95 set in 2020 by Alyssa Omos Clark, a non-disabled runner from Bennington, Vermont, who took on the pandemic as a pandemic coping strategy. So now, say, one might make awesome. the argument, <laughs> if we're going to be that guy, that uh, she has one less ankle and knee to suffer from knee and ankle injuries. But she also has... Only one knee and ankle that if she does suffer injuries that she would be out quicker. But, yeah, very cool. Now, I've been following her for years just because prior to her doing these 100 marathons, 100 days, she would do races all the time. And just the fact that, Mm -hmm. you know, her whole thing was before I lost my leg, I lived my life like most people. Didn't think about my health, yada, yada, yada. And then after I lost my leg, kind of to prove to myself I can still do things, she started running. And then, like anybody else, 5Ks, 10Ks. And I've said on my other podcast when it comes to running the young cats they're the ones who run the short distances it's the old fucks you go downtown and on a weekend on a sunday go out early you'll see the late 30s the 40s the 50s the 60s and even the 70 year olds they're the long distance runners because as you get older you don't run any faster you run slower but long distance running is a mental game and so i may not run as fast as I did three years ago, but I can work on my, my longevity, my stamina, and you can actually work on distance. So it's easier, you know, you can run further and further as you get older, but you, you will not run faster and faster. So instead of working on speed, you just work on distance. And that's why you see a lot more older people doing long distance races. That is it for the news. That is it for the news. And that is it for this episode. That is it for the news. This concludes the evening news. And now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. I just want to thank everybody who's watching us right now on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. And all those who download each episode each week. Thank you guys so much for your continued support. And if you really want to support the show, do us a favor. Head over to whatsinyourhead.com or d-410.com. And click and sign up for the Patreon. It's a dollar a month. That dollar a month go a long way. There's two other plans I want to give it into because I'd just be happy to sign up for the dollar a month plan. And if you haven't done so, please like and subscribe to us on YouTube and watch some more videos. We're trying to get those view counts up. We have the thousand marker. We just got to get the view counts up so YouTube will start giving us some of the percentages off the advertisements they're already currently running. And while you're over at d-410.com, feel free to check out the other podcasts on the network as mentioned we have the fail to fail podcast the what's the scuttlebutt podcast and uh the newest podcast to the digital 410 media network is the tackle your personal best podcast it's about fishing with your host ron and mike and all those can be found at d-410.com for gordon and myself once again we want to thank each and every one of you and we will talk to you all next week this has been a digital 410 production 